Hello again, this is Dude Josh with hopefully the last uh, technical difficulty warning. Again, if you're listening with headphones, the audio might sound a little echoey as you go on with the episode. So highly recommend, you know, listening with just normal speakers if you have the opportunity to do that. And yeah, that's it. Hopefully by episode four, we won't have any more of these technical difficulties. And we're so thankful that you have stuck with us the entire time throughout these technical difficulties and as we continue to grow we hope to get better at editing and making the highest quality products that we can so without further ado please enjoy our next episode hello and welcome to another episode of two dudes in a podcast i'm dude taft and with me again this week is my co-host dude josh today we are finishing off our series of rewrites for the star wars prequels with episode three revenge of the rewrite and before we begin i want to preface two things one this is a continuation of our series, so if you haven't listened to our first two episodes, please go back and listen to it. We'll still be right here for you. And another thing, this is an adult podcast using adult language. All right, let's get into it. So, my favorite moments of the prequel trilogy come all in this movie. Revenge of the Sith is the hardest to rewrite that I found. Because it's actually a good movie. It is. Unlike the other two. I would say this is probably my third favorite Star Wars movie behind Empire and New Hope. That's fair. Um... So to begin, the Battle of Coruscant was beautiful. That opening scene, that opening music with John Williams was just so well done. I think that that was prob- honestly probably one of the best openings in all of the Star Wars movies, if not arguably the best. Yeah, the, the only one that can kind of come second to it is The Force Awakens with that kind of shake up with the clone troopers and everything. Yeah, no, that's... That, that's probably second to me. That's a really good one too, yeah. So I'd say... Keep Battle of Coruscant pretty much the exact same. Have the witty quips between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Have them show off their piloting skills, especially with Anakin. Have them be witty. Have them be brothers. Have them be, you know, battle-seasoned, battle-worn, and just ready to go. They're, they're confident Jedi. They haven't failed yet. They're just they're, they're good. They're ready to go. All right. I can agree with that. Uh, I, yeah, no, there's nothing I would change about that. Maybe a little bit more, like, awesome fighter pilot moves and stuff because those were really cool yeah but... you can always salt in a little bit more of that you know special sauce yeah give me more violence yeah for sure um so i say you keep battle of course on you keep the opening parts of revenge of the sith pretty much the exact same until the dooku fight okay what do we change about the dooku fight very little things to be honest with you because i feel like we covered in our episode two rewrites i think we we really amped up dooku and it's about time for his character arc to end because now you know let's get the minor villain out the way let's bring in the major let's bring in palpatine so i would just change the fight to where anakin and dooku become lone fighters like he still force pushes obi-wan away obi-wan's down for the count i would just have dooku about to kill obi-wan and anakin jump in and saving him kind of like how they did in the in attack of the clones the the original film where anakin like scoops in under him and saves that final blow okay I would do that, but I would have Anakin just lose his shit. Maybe do a little flashy yellow. Do a little something. But, like, no, Anakin is like, you are not killing my brother. Fair I'm enough. about to okay. kick your ass. Okay, I can get behind that. Uh, really, really wanted to kind of trigger that dark side rage for this final fight. That is something that, for the episode, like, for the movie that was supposed to really introduce the dark side of Anakin, that is something I feel like they didn't do enough of. Yeah, it was there, for sure, especially for more... In the second half, it was there. Yeah. In the first half, not so much. Yeah, it wasn't until Anakin and Dooku were kind of one-on-one. But here, I want to 
amp it up more. Just crank that up to 11. This is your, your last movie in your trilogy. This is time to just turn it, everything up to 11. So we trigger it. We have Anakin disarm or dishand Dooku. We have the classic, the best line in the prequels. Do, Do it. it. And we have Anakin lop off Dooku's head. I thought that was a great move. He's, one, triggering the dark side, and two, being manipulated by Palpatine. That was an excellent way to snowball Anakin. I just wish it was, again, cranked up more. Would you have Dooku be, the, like, the sniveling mess that he was? Hmm. Like, kind of sitting there begging for mercy? Yeah, he did it with non-verbals, which was all to the the phenomenal acting talents of Sir Christopher, Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah, Maybe for sure. Like, excellently acted scene, but would you... Would you do it that way again? No, I would. I think because there's a part of me deep down that had Sir Christopher Lee just do it the way he was going to do it, because you don't you don't direct Sir Christopher Lee. You let Sir Christopher Lee act. No, that's my my favorite story about Sir Christopher Lee is during the filming of uh, Lord of the Rings when Saur, uh, Sauron gets uh, stabbed, stabbed, and uh, the director goes up to him. I forget the director's name. Peter he, Jackson. Huh? Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot that dude's name. It's, it's probably because okay. I try to repress The Hobbit. But, you know, we're talking about Lord of the Rings, so yeah. it's, it's yeah, worthy I know, of remembering I know. Like, for I this. still try to repress. Like, he's still associated with The Hobbit, so. No. But uh, so when uh, Sir Christopher Lee is, he tells Sir Christopher Lee, like, when you stab, gasp more or something like that, or mm-hmm. he's, uh, do something, like, scream more or whatever. And Christopher Lee goes, have you ever been stabbed? And he's like, no, have you? And he's like, actually, yeah, I have. And when you get stabbed, you don't scream. You just try to catch your breath. That's it. And so that's, he's like, you just, and then Peter Jackson was like, oh, okay, you you do you then. You obviously know what you're doing. Yeah, and I feel like if it's not well known, it's definitely the same thing. Like, people know. Like, George Lucas probably had a similar moment where he wanted Dooku to be, like, riling around on the floor, and Dooku, Christopher Lee went, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do this with my eyes. I'm going to do this non-verbally. Or Christopher Lee went, have you ever almost had your head cut off? Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good scene. Good scene. Good Christopher Lee. Um, so after that, we have the escape, or the escaped attempt, rather, uh, with unconscious obi-wan palpatine and can we have him running through only i would have grievous be there and obi-wan awake and i would have them duel shortly like 30 45 seconds okay i would have grievous doing just two lightsabers because grievous is kind of a bitch let's be real especially if you watch the clone wars tv show he's not so much one in our rewrites though he seems kind of like a badass yeah so i want to again increase those badass moments where like he's he's holding on to anakin fairly well like he's gonna lose and he knows that so that's when the droids come in and capture him like they just sheerly outnumbered is the only reason why anakin and obi-wan would have to stop that fight against grievous fair enough so he adds a fine addition to his collection we have r2 do his you know moment of that, that distraction, Obi-Wan force pulls the lightsabers. They get free. They have a, a fight on the on the captain's bridge. Yeah, that really actually awesome scene. Yeah. And I would play that essentially the same way as well. Uh, have Obi-Wan fight Grievous and have Grievous pull lightsabers again and have it be a one-on-one fight to allude to what's going to happen later on at Utapau. Okay. And have Anakin... Uh, kind of struggle against the magna droids uh grievous's bodyguard droids have him struggle maybe there's three or four of them to where anakin is like 
ooh, man, I better turn on the jets and actually try here to take him out. And they take the bridge. Grievous escapes. We have that crash landing. Um, so after we crash land, I would have Padme summon Anakin. Because let's let's be real here. It's kind of stupid to have your secret I'm pregnant meeting right at the front gate of the Senate building. That's fair. Yeah, no, you, you're a senator. I'm sure she has an office. Just yeah. summon, summon him to your office. Nobody's going to be like— Well, they have a private quarters on—, on Coruscant for like summon her into an office and have that discussion exactly it's not going to be that hard I mean they live together wait till he gets home so I would have Anakin and Padme you know we announce the pregnancy and we want to have well before we begin I guess uh, we want to talk about this for a second Padme in three was this passive pregnant stereotypical woman yeah not three big badass that she should be yeah so while being pregnant i I mean um i'm a straight white dude can't imagine what it's like to be pregnant but you can imagine that she has to take a step back from her military prowess and 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 those mind and that kind of a mindset so but at the same time i could also see her stepping up with it because she wants this war to be done by the time that her child is born yeah so we're, we're we're agreeing in, in different ways so we have anakin and padme talk about the pregnancy and then i want to have a conversation where she's like dooku's dead like we can we can go to the table now we can have peace talks because dooku was the head of it uh not only militarily but diplomatically as well yeah so we can padme wants to have peace talks she wants to end the violence because she doesn't want to be a mother during a war who would want that um so then we have to cut back to palpatine and here, um, Palpatine has a, okay, we're winning the war now. It's time to redouble our efforts and end it. We have Palpatine calling for Grievous's head. We have Palpatine calling for more, for more blood and more war and more action instead of going to the peace talks. And there's a very large minority, like a, like a 60-40 type of thing going okay. on, to, of the senators going, why would we continue the war? We chopped off the snake's head. Like, it's just waiting to die now. Okay. And have Palpatine go, no, that's not how we're going to do this. Kind of planted the seeds of that Palpatine has too much power and, you know, things are about to go down. The Empire is about to be born. So after that, um, we go to a Jedi Council meeting. And here we have to have the take a seat kind of, kind of scene. So Where we, Anakin gets awarded a seat on the council, but not the rank of master. That? Which, I'm on his side. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's ass. <laughs> that's what? ass. That is, like, <laughs> that is garbage. That is, like, getting signed to an NFL team, but not being paid as much. That's that's the backup quarterback position. That's, that's playing backup quarterback to Drew Brees. No, it's not. <laughs> no, because at least at that point, you know what you're doing. Like you're get you are you have the title of backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. You don't you're not the quarterback. That's like being the first string quarterback playing behind the second string on every game. Oh yeah, especially when you're that good, like Anakin is. Exactly. I see like, that's a better metaphor. Or like better metaphor. that's like that's like when George Bush was basically vice president to Dick Cheney, yeah. except for Dick Cheney is Anakin. He has the power and stuff like that. That all that the president has, but not the name. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a much better metaphor. That's why it's two dudes in a podcast and not one dude in a podcast. Not to get political or anything like no. that. No. <laughs> um, 
But that movie did just come out. So yeah, we should go see it. Maybe we'll talk about it. Probably not. Probably. Um, so we have our Jedi Council meeting, and we we have to set up uh, our our last conflicts, Kashyyyk and Utapau, because there was a for such a high paced movie, there was a bit of a lull right after the Battle of Coruscant. Be it that was a very long action sequence, um, but I still felt that it, it really slowed down in pace a little bit, especially with Anakin looking at pregnant Padme on the balcony, like scenes like that kind of slowed down the pace a bit. It did. And it honestly, cause on Coruscant, you don't really get the feel that there's a war, despite the fact mm-hmm. that there was literally just a giant space battle above them. Yeah. You don't feel like there was a war going on in Coruscant, which is very interesting. Yeah. That's why I kind of want to jump straight to, Hey, there's conflict on Kashyyyk. Hey, we know Grievous is uh, retreating to Utapau. Go- dive right back in. Like the war is not over. We're still on the chase. We just have a, a battle plan type moment, a war room scene. So we establish those conflicts, and then we put Anakin on the council, but we don't give him his seat. And I don't want to make it by Palpatine's request, because there's still a way that we still have more time to show the arrogance of the Jedi before Anakin's true turn. So I don't want to have the Palpatine going, hey, I want you to be my personal... Uh, uh, I can't think of the diplomatic word, but personal messenger boy between me and Ambassador. Thank you. Appreciate it. And so after that, we have Anakin, you know, throw a hissy fit, be rage, but he controls himself a little bit more. And I would like to see it through clear body language than going, well, this is unfair. Because, I don't know, something about, I, I blame more George Lucas than Hayden Christensen's acting, but that line, that scene didn't really hit home to me personally. Fair enough, but, okay, question. Why are you not having it be by Palpatine's appointment? Like, how does him being appointed by the Jedi show their arrogance more than them accepting, Well, like, right, begrudgingly? Let me finish the scene, and, and we'll talk about that question. Again. Okay. So, I have Mace Windu get up, and it has to be Mace, to cut all power to the room and, and jam comms. Like, we have a very off-key Jedi moment and I want to have the room be black, but with, like, lights from the blinds kind of shining in. I want it to be symbolic in the George Lucas sense that the Jedi are dark. The Jedi are not what they used to be, but they still fight for the light. So there's still light in them, even though they're surrounded by darkness. Uh, George Lucas is really good with – is a very good symbolic symbolism director. He does that very well through visuals. He's a great director. He's just not the most excellent of writers. He can't write a romance to save his life. No, <laughs> that's the biggest flaw of the prequels. That's the biggest flaw of, of George Lucas. So we have them instruct Anakin to spy on Palpatine, and Mace gives the orders. I want this to be there to show the arrogance of the Jedi, because the Jedi are meant to be servants of the Republic, and yet you're going after the head of it. Like, why would you do that? Especially as Anakin, who was a supporter of Palpatine. It's kind of, to, to be political for a second, it's when you have... Uh, you know, a politician that you favor and then have the other side attacking them. And you're like, why would you attack them? They're doing so much good in the world right now. Okay, fair enough. I can I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, so that's that's why I have it be that, to show the arrogance of the Jedi, to show, uh, from Anakin's point of view, how wrong they are in that moment. So after that, we have Anakin and Obi-Wan discuss it. And Anakin is very angry, but he tells Obi-Wan exactly what he's feeling or what he thinks about it, 
because you trust Obi-Wan, because they have been in a war together for some time now. I mean, and, you know, Obi-Wan's also on the council, so he was there. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of have to plant that seed of separation because Obi-Wan was on the council. Obi-Wan's a master, and he signed off with this mission. He said okay to this. Yeah. So after, after their discussion, we have Obi-Wan and Yoda begin battle plans, and we have separate Jedi be assigned because I'll— it's really hard to think that you're going to send one Jedi. I understand that the numbers are small, but you're going to send one Jedi to go and take out Grievous. You're going to have one Jedi go over to retake Kashyyyk or to be there for the siege of Kashyyyk. I mean, when you think about what the Jedi were, they weren't soldiers. They were more of generals. Mm-hmm. They were more the tacticians. And if they, when they had to get their hands dirty, not if, yeah, then they could do it very well. Okay, fair but, enough. So I, I think that that's more what that is. I can definitely see them sending in some more, or maybe send in some knights. Like you don't yeah, have to send in masters. Exactly. Send in some some mid tier Jedi to help you out. Some knights and some padawans. Honestly, I think that those are like two like levels of Jedi that were horribly underrated or not underrated, underutilized in the movies. Mm-hmm. The only padawan you really see is Anakin, and Obi Wan, and and, and Obi Wan. Yeah, and then there's that one padawan who whoops. Uh, whoops! The clones' asses, yeah. saving uh, Senator Organa and stuff. Yeah. That kid, that kid goes down in my book as a hero for life. That kid is amazing, and he is the MVP of that movie. We can talk about that later. Yeah, but I, I don't have a kid uh, saving himself for Senator Organa. Well, let's just that's that rewrite. Be that big, scene was it. Yeah, no, that's gonna be my big rewrite of it. Then, like, yeah, that's fine. Keep that scene. But I mean, you could have showed like Masters and Padawan. On the on different planets, you could have showed knights by themselves fighting. Like you could have shown a lot of Jedi. I know that there weren't. Mm-hmm. There were what four hundred left, something like that. Le- yeah, there's, I would there's say around very 400, few 300. left. But you could. It's also a war, so you're going to be churning out students faster. And yeah. the movie itself takes place over at least like eight months because mm-hmm. we just found out that Padme is pregnant, and then by the end of it, she's big pregnant. Yeah. So, um, to, to play devil's advocate for your point here for a minute, you only have so much time to tell Anakin's story. And, and I, I understand where you're coming from. You want more Jedi. You want to show the Star War, but it's still Anakin's story in and these that, prequels. And that's fine. Go ahead and do that. Just have those Padawan and stuff in the background. It'll make it a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. Yeah, especially when you're a CGI-saturated thing. Throw two aliens in with clone troopers. Exactly. Who cares? Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but to play devil's advocate, it's Anakin's story. But that's the, that's the glory of the Clone Wars TV show. You did get a lot of side characters doing really awesome things. Good old Plo Koon. Oh, Plo Koon, the goat. Um, so to continue on, after we have the, the assignments to Obi-Wan to go to Utapau and Yoda to go to Kashyyyk, I want to have Obi-Wan voice his concerns over Anakin's task. To him having really listened to Anakin and heard him out and presenting a, a case for his student, a case for his brother, saying, is this really the right thing to do? And I want to have Yoda reply, it's the will of the Jedi. It's the will of counsel. And Obi-Wan goes, but is that the will of the light? And then maybe cut the scene and have Yoda really have to sit there and like, hit that man, that hit. Are we really doing the right thing here? See, I, I like that, but... I think it'd be better if instead of Yoda said it, Mace Windu said it. No, because Mace Windu has to be that arrogant asshole. And that's what that I'm saying. When, that's what I'm saying. When uh, 
like when somebody when they say it's the will of the Jedi, have yeah. that be Mace Windu because he's saying that's that's our will. Yeah, like we are the Jedi. And then maybe even have Yoda say, but is it the will of the light? Okay. And then like I, have like I, I, everybody I get kind of contemplative with it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can keep the Obi-Wan there, but like saying that, I think that, think that it's the will of the Jedi and then having Obi-Wan say, or Yoda say it's the will of the Jedi mm-hmm. kind of just makes him more arrogant when he's definitely the wiser one. And we've, in our rewrites, we've been making Mace the more arrogant side of it. Yeah. So that makes sense to, to, for continuity's sake to, to make it Mace. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. That and the fact that when Mace dies, that's the end of arrogance in, in the Jedi. In the Jedi because that's it's true. the end of the Jedi. That's true. Um, so after that conversation that we've added, we have to go to the opera. The Taft, Taft, I have a question. I have an answer. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Dark Plagueis the Wise? I read the book. So, like, you got, like, the extra tragedy. Yeah, yeah no, like, I, I, <laughs> I got the spark notes. <laughs> Fair enough. But that, okay. The prequels, that's an excellent scene. Yeah. The, I wish that the opera made a little bit more sense, but I appreciate the meta-ness of having a space opera in a space opera. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Especially with uh, George Lucas's cameo right outside the space opera of the space opera in the space opera. Very cool. Boom. Space operaception. Oh. Um, but two things, or three things. One, Hayden Christensen can act. And two, Palpatine can act too. <laughs> that conversation that they have is so Shakespearean and and like true Greek play pulls you into just two people talking. It's that is one of the most tense and focused scenes in cinema, in my opinion. It's a very like gripping scene. And you establish more within your world that you don't really have to touch on. We have the Darth Plagueis book, which is excellent. And that's what the best part of the comics and the books and the games are, is that it expands on these essentially throwaway lines. But anyway, the original trilogy talked about all these different alien races and like things like the Kessel Run that made fans wonder what those things are. Yeah. But the prequels never really did it. In this moment, in this scene, we do. We, we think about like the ancient Sith and the way that the dark side works and who Darth Plagueis was. Excellent, excellent scene. It is Love a very it. cool like it's a cool scene to do that. And that is something that uh, now you bring that up. That is something that Star Wars does very excellent, like not very excellently, but very well. Because there is so much lore in these movies mm-hmm. that's just not there, but it's there. Yeah. You know, and that's something that, like, a lot of things do. Like, there's some, like, look at Tolkien, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we know, like, before the Silmarillion came out, we knew that the elves went to, like, the Undying Lands. And then we, if you read the book with Tom Bombadil, he's obviously very powerful and important but what the fuck is he yeah we still don't know nobody knows um yeah there's there's so many that tolkien and and lucas do that very well incredibly incredibly well better than anyone in in popular culture at least i'm sure there's some indie artist that does it better that we just don't know but for, for pop culture there's no greater example than star wars and tolkien for for lore yeah i can agree so, 
right after the opera scene, I kind of want to splice the movie and cut and paste in different areas. I want to go right to the chancellor's office because we are so, at that point, we're so enticed by Anakin and Palpatine's relationship that I just want to continue it just a bit longer. I think Palpatine definitely should have been a bigger part of the third movie. Like, more Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, more Palpatine becoming Sidious, even though he already is Sidious. Yeah. But showing himself to be more Sidious. Because That's, he does, at the end of this movie, he is Darth Sidious. He is Chancellor Palpatine, the all-powerful. Yeah, that's why I, I wanted to add that scene of him being like, we're doubling our efforts, we're going after Grievous. But end up, like, show the, the dictator coming out of exactly. the Republic. And then it's also very interesting, like, I, I don't know if you kept the scene or not, but right after Mace Windu is killed, with him going and approaching the Senate, mm-hmm. and he says, like, they have horribly scarred me and stuff, just spinning that. Yeah, it's just the, such the propaganda a, machine turning. Just a freaking amazing, like, just pull, like, manipulating, and it's great. Also, that that's that quote that Padme says. So this is how democracy dies with roars applause. Roar applause is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I love that scene. I, I love honestly. The more we talk about this, the more I realize just how much I love Palpatine as a character. Palpatine is, um, and the actor is excellent. I don't know what else he's been in, but he's freaking killer. Ian McDermott. That sounds right. Yeah. If we're wrong, somebody will will tell us for sure. Um, but I want to I want to go I want to continue on the Palpatine Anakin train, and go right to the scene where Palpatine reveals himself as Darth Sidious. Um, oh, right then. I want to do it right out right out the gate. That's a bit early in my opinion, but I'll listen to you. So I really want to have the scene play out in such a way that Anakin is enticed by the power. You have to have a, a moment where Palpatine shows off his power because the opera, scene, the opera scene shows off his knowledge of the dark side. Here we have to show what the dark side can do. I would have Anakin pull out his saber and say, are you going to, and have Palpatine say, are you going to arrest me? And then maybe have him just lightning the lightsaber out of Anakin's hand. Maybe grip the lightsaber and put it back into his hand and say, do it if you have to. I want to have Palpatine have like some big dick energy and just do a power play on Anakin. Just say, I am the epitome of what the dark side can be. And I'm not even what, I'm not even the best. There's still more that we can learn and do together. To really have a, another pull for Anakin, a pull for power. Because so far we've had Anakin be pulling for family, for Anakin be pulling for, for duty, but never power. It's never this power trip that Anakin goes on until this scene. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you pretty wholeheartedly on this one. Okay. Uh, so I think that the way that Palpatine manipulates Anakin is excellent in the okay. movie as it is. Uh, I think that Anakin, if he did, like if Palpatine did go ahead and lightning the lightsaber out of his hands and stuff like that, I think Anakin would have arrested him. I think that Anakin would have been butthurt because he's that cocky. He would have he would have had his ass handed to him and then given it back. Like okay. imagine if like some dude just like knocked you the fuck out and then bought you a drink, like bought you a cup of coffee and said, "Don't with or hot chocolate with some marshmallows and said, don't worry, it's gonna be okay." Like it's. 
personally, I would be flattered. You, but you'd also <laughs> be like, you how, you gonna, how are you going to dick on me like that and then be like, all right, it's cool. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. But Anakin is just so cocky with it and cocky with his abilities and stuff like that. And I think that Palpatine playing on that, saying you could achieve this greatness, mm-hmm. and then also Palpatine giving him the one thing that Anakin craves more than anything else because he didn't get it when he was younger is a father figure and giving him a loving father figure. Yeah. Because there's no, like, Palpatine's old enough to where if he's any sort of figure to Anakin, it's going to be a father figure. Yeah. And he uses, and Palpatine knows that, and he uses that to manipulate him. Yeah. So I can maybe concede him coming out earlier as Darth Sidious or something like that, or even demonstrating his, like, his dark side powers, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't do it in an aggressive way. Okay. Maybe, maybe like maybe invite Anakin in for a drink and just pour pull the freaking drink over real quick. Just finesse him. Yeah. Like. I, I don't can, know. I, so I, I can agree with a finesse, but he has to show that he's not just knowledgeable about this shit. He lives this. Exactly. Shit. No. You, you have to show that for sure. I can agree with that. So well, that's my only complaint about the 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 scene where Sidious reveals himself to Pal, to to Anakin rather. Is that he didn't utilize any of his force abilities? But see, I'm sure you can get the idea that he was pulling out dark side essence to Anakin. But I mean, he never used an ability. But I mean, he does that. He he specifically doesn't do anything and just says, "Yeah, I'm Darth Sidious," kind of thing to bring the other Jedi in so he can whoop their ass. Yeah, that's why he does that. that. Okay, I can feel that. I can get that. Um, I just realized the mistake that I made. We just haven't mentioned it. But Anakin has to have a scene before we're, we're here at this point of those visions of Pad- Padme dying again after the I assume scene. that those were probably happening. Yeah, but we have to, we have to show it for sure oh, for, for the sure. audience to know. And I just wanted to, to say that to also help the turning of, of Darth yeah. Vader. Um, and while we're on that, uh, a big reason why I want to add pulls to the dark side in our rewrites is because three kind of made you feel that Anakin only turned to the dark side because of his love for Padme when it was more than that. It was, uh, it was, he was, he was too old. He had emotions. He was being pulled different ways. The Jedi council was arrogant. It wasn't just Padme. And at the end of the day, it was his destiny. Yeah. Like that's, that was meant to happen at the end of the day. Yeah. He did bring balance to the force. There was two Jedi. And two sit. Exactly. And that's just what it was meant to be. Yeah. But definitely wanted to to kind of put that assumed thing just out there in the open. I also really appreciate if you just, like, I just kind of thought about this, mm-hmm. how at the end of it, when he dies and he kills off Palpatine, he also brings balance to the Force again because at this point, we kind of have to assume that Snoke's somewhere in the background. Yeah, at we'll, have to, like, we'll definitely have to talk about Snoke if, if and when we rewrite the But, like, Snoke is obviously in the background for, mm-hmm. like, at the end of episode, at the end of episode six. Yeah, with, with the knowledge that we have now. So, like, if there was some, some big dick dark side energy out there in the world. And we, like, we know that Anakin was meant to bring balance to the Force, and at the end of it, we're like, yeah, he brought balance to the Force. Like, yeah, and then uh, there was one Jedi and one Sith. And there was one Jedi and one Sith, but at the end of it, we're like... If you don't, you don't really think about it. You, you, don't, you forget that that was the prophecy. You're just like, yeah, the light side won. All that's left is Jedi. No, Sith. No, there's one out there because yeah. there's uh, one Jedi. Yeah. If it's not Jedi and Sith, it's light and dark. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, 
Well, I don't want to talk about The Last Jedi here, but that was a good thing that they were uh, attempting to do, but backtracked was getting rid of Sith, getting rid of the Jedi, but there's still a, so, a Last Jedi. It's still Rey. Slight tangent here. Go ahead, man. Tangent it up. So we're gonna, if we're talking about the newest trilogy of it, mm-hmm. I think that in the end, that they are like I think that the big thing of this one is to show the power of the balance of the Force. Yeah, I, we, you and I have talked about this a lot, and I think that that's gonna be the final thing of it is that the Force is at its strongest when it's equal parts light and dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see we'll see where it goes because we still have one more episode left, and I'm hyped as hell for it. Yes, especially with J.J. back in the directing chair. I, I think he's going to correct a lot of the fan-dividing parts that Ryan Johnson Have introduced. you heard the rumor that they're planning on resetting Star Wars? What, rebooting the whole trilogy? I don't know. I've just, like, I, I, like, I have a video saved up on my watch later for, uh, on YouTube, but it's yeah. just Disney. If that's true, be, look, be on the lookout, fans, because we are going to have to talk about that. Disney, re, like, resetting Star Wars, and I was like, all right, I'll watch the video. And it just said, this is just a rumor. Like, keep in mind, this yeah. is just a rumor. And I said, all right, I'll listen to it later. Yeah. Because so, if it was real, I needed to listen to it then. But if it's just a rumor, I can wait. For sure. So let's continue on. Yeah, <laughs> Before back we go on, on more tangents. Um, we have Anakin open up to Padme slightly about it. Because I think there's such a temptation uh, of Palpatine and of the dark side to where he wouldn't go straight to the to the to the council i think he would talk to a confidant and that confidant would be padme especially after all the work we did with padme and anakin's relationship in two so i have anakin open up about padme how the chancellor has these dark secrets and is doing corrupt things he you would have anakin assume that he is trying to take over the senate to get rid of the jedi because he is a sith lord he understands all these things about the sith and there is truth that the Sith and the Jedi are destined enemies and that the Sith have always been trying to kill the Jedi. That's true. That's accurate. And Anakin knows that. But he sees the value of it and sees the motivations behind the Sith to where he would might want to join that cause and kill the Jedi and be strong and powerful and make the, the galaxy strong through fear and tyranny. So we, we wouldn't have Anakin say, hey, Padme, you know our chancellor friend? He's Darth Sidious. He's like the biggest bad guy ever. We would have Anakin go, I think he's kind of corrupt, and I think we need to arrest him. And have Padme go, it's your duty. You have to do what you have to do. To have a push for where Anakin would go to the council and be like, hey, I'm pretty sure Palpatine's the Dark Lord that we've been looking for all this time. Uh, so Anakin goes to the council chamber and only finds Mace and two other masters there. He tells them what's going on, and we have to cut to Obi-Wan and Yoda because we have to stretch that out a little bit longer, closer to our finale. So we have Obi-Wan on Utapau and Yoda on Kashyyyk, and they're both, they're, their fights go down the same way. I would like to have Yoda be more on the battlefield, kind of directing things and maybe directing some blaster bolts from commanders and troops and not being so much a, a combatant, but definitely a, the most world's most badass shield in a sense. Okay, yeah. Kind of have Yoda in the fight more because we already established that Yoda is a badass and everything like that. Yeah, I got you. No, I would really like to see. I, w- I really appreciated the fight scene between Yoda and Palpatine in the movie. So it'd be really cool to kind of maybe see Yoda going off a little bit more in this. I mean, the movie's already so CGI heavy. I could, 
honestly understand that they couldn't do that because Yoda being all CGI in it and stuff. But yeah, it'd be cool to see him kind of go off, at least with his force abilities, just kind of see yeah. him knock, like maybe take missiles or torpedoes and yeah, flip them kinda, back around did, or something. Yeah, just swing them back and stuff. That'd be cool as hell. For sure. Instead for of just sure. sitting there watching him see people get slaughtered. Yes. Because so, he really does love the Wookiees. That's why he went. He also loves his clone troopers. Exactly. Yeah, no. So, like, it'd be, it, he loves life in general. So, it's, it'd be really, it's kind of out of character just to watch him watch yeah. people die. And I would also kind of do the same thing for Obi-Wan, but maybe lead or charge and maybe slice some droids up with a lightsaber instead of using his force abilities or something. Exactly, yeah, because Obi-Wan is definitely, like, the Obi-Wan's a thinker. Yeah. He's not so much of an actor, but, like, once he goes into it, he's going he's gonna to do what he got to do, whereas I can, oh, uh, Yoda's definitely strong enough to sit there in that tower in Kashyyyk and just turn missiles around. Yeah, for sure. But have, have more Jedi doing things than... You know, you have the you have the Grand Master of the Jedi Council, and you're gonna put him in a tower and tell him not to fight. That's kind of a waste. It really is. I did like how in the movie during the council chamber and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you could tell that people were out doing stuff. Yeah, I, it was cool I because they would hologram that. in for meetings. And exactly, stuff. I really appreciated that because and the majority of Jedi were gone. Yeah. So it means that they were out doing something. They were doing their part. Good for them. Yeah, so I would have those fights play out the same way. I would have the Obi-Wan Grievous fight play out the same way because while that wasn't emotionally driving or anything, it was fun as hell. It was fun to watch four lightsabers go after Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan just kind of handled it like a champ. Kenobi. Hello there. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we, I would have those scenes take place and eventually I would have to cut back to the, to the space drama of Mason, the two masters arriving. I would have two instead of four, because I don't know. I just feel like a four on one wouldn't have been such a curb stomp that it was, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was three, three and Mace, so four. It was, it was a four v one fight. Okay, I thought I thought it, I thought it was sure. Mason two others. Uh, anyway, we have our meat sacks uh, Jedi who are just there to die. I'm just up. saying Kit Fisto was a badass and I really hate the fact that he just got murked like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might hate this rewrite because our Jedi are going to get murked. No, that's too. fine. As long as he puts up a little bit of a fight. Like, he just yeah. straight up got... That man went from from standing or from sitting to 90 degree prone coming at you <laughs> with a lightsaber and Kit Fisto just went, Ah! Yeah, I feel like one of the Jedi weren't even looking. They were just like, hmm, that's a nice, you know, wall of tapestry. That's or a nice something. red glow against that window. I wonder what it's from. Yeah, and just, ugh. So, also, have you ever, like, I, I know you have, but we, I don't think we've ever talked about what Darth Sidious's lightsaber looks like. Oh, yeah, we have the description in the book. Like, they're super ancient and gold plated. They're not, just, in the movie, they're not ancient. Yeah, in the books they are. In the book, in the books they're described as ancient. But you look, if you look at like the prop and stuff like that, it looks like a pimp, like a pimp would own it. It's great. Like it's, yeah, it's gold and like ivory. Well, that's I mean that's essentially kind of what Sidious is. You're just trying to pimp out Vader to destroy the galaxy. Exactly. No, like it's just it's very high class looking. Very Sidious. And I think that that fits. You know. Yeah. So we have Mace and the two masters arriving. We. Say you're under arrest, Chancellor. I love the "I am the Senate" line because it shows just how in control Sidious is, and just how 
full of himself he is. So the reason I want to do what I'm uh, about to say, and I guess I'll just say it. So I would have Palpatine use nothing but the Force for as long as he can. And just, just hear me out. He's making weird squinty faces. I would have him just snap one of the Jedi's necks and electrocute one into the wall and then have Mace rush him and have to use his lightsaber to defend himself. And let me explain why. Okay, real quick before you say that, though. You just said you don't want it to be just the absolute body slam that it was. But just know, but having him just be, snap a neck right then. It has to be. It just has to be. Because it is Palpatine. It literally the strongest evil in Star Wars. No, I think... As much as I would love to see Palpatine have a four-on-one fight that lasted a much longer, it it just wouldn't. No, I think it's a brilliant idea to have it be a body slam because these Jedi have never fought somebody else with a lightsaber that's not another Jedi. Yeah, odds are they've never uh, fought a, a dark side wielder. Only Anakin and Obi-Wan have, yeah. in terms of our rewrites. Exactly. Whoever Dooku may have run into or Maul ran into. Exactly. But the majority of Jedi have no idea how to handle a dark side user. And not the strongest dark side user in the world. Yes. Or in the universe. For sure. In the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. But you have to have it be a curb stomp. And I would love it to be using the Force because in the books... uh. Palpatine gets to the point where he's like, I don't need a lightsaber to fight anyone anymore. It is me teasing the Jedi saying, I'm lowering myself to your level and still kicking your ass. It was never about a a tool or a weapon to destroy his enemies. It was a mockery of what the Jedi were. And the books, at least. And I really like that. Yes and no. The one big problem that I have with the books Mm -hmm. is just how OP they make everyone. Uh, I get that Sidious is supposed to be incredibly powerful, and I definitely think that him being able to take out some of the, like, being able to take out some of the lesser people, like, if it hadn't been two other, like, if it hadn't been Mace with two other masters, yeah, I would be like, yeah, no, I think he could solidly go ahead and just body slam the hell out of him with the Force. I think maybe he could get one kill off with the Force. Well, he does. I have him lightning somebody into the floor. Yeah, I, I, you know. I'm just saying, like, in, in this one, like, you, you said he snapped somebody's neck, and then he lightnings them against the wall, which I assume killed them. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> okay. Then I'm fine with that. I think he could get one surprise kill off, and then he needs to go for the lightsaber. Yeah. And that's fair. So uh, we have Mason City's fight kind of play out the same way. Uh, I understand that it was Samuel L. Jackson and Ian McDermott, which were older gentlemen at the time so you couldn't have the the energy that Hayden and Ewan McGregor put out for their fight but the fight was kind of lackluster in terms of actual choreography so I would try to amp that up as much as you can maybe throw in more force ability since they are a little bit older and wouldn't be swinging the lightsaber around as much I mean body doubles are an excellent thing yeah they are but I overall I would amp up that that fight I would too because you have the Jedi Order's greatest lightsaber duelist second second to yoda only i would even say he's better with a saber than yoda with a saber perhaps perhaps straight straight like if you took away all force powers and did just a saber just fight a saber fight yeah i can see i can see where you're coming i can see where you're coming i'll disagree but i i, I can i would say i i you know agree i verify your argument yeah so i'm gonna say like the the best lightsaber duelist is there. So, like, it definitely has to be a really strong lightsaber fight. 
And, mm -hmm. I mean, Sidious is no slouch with a lightsaber. Just the fact that he doesn't need to use one, but he still has one, and he knows how to use it. Yeah. So. So I would have that fight go down the same way. Um, I would have them, you know, put, put Sidious in a corner, maybe amp up Mace, maybe have Sidious on his ass because he actually was on his ass. I mean, Mace would have won. We've had oh, we've had this fight yeah. many times. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that separately on a podcast. We have to get going. We have to keep moving on, buddy. I, I, I know, but I'm gonna put it out there. If it wasn't for Anakin, Mace would have won. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we have Anakin, you know, slice off Mace's hand. We have Palpatine go unlimited power and lightning him off the the, the Coruscant Chancellor office building, whatever wherever they were. And have um, Anakin submit to Palpatine to say, oh my god, I've started something I can't come back from, but I'm happy that I did it. I'm happy I killed that arrogant son of a bitch. Have Anakin be not so guilt-ridden that he was in the actual scene, but just torn emotionally between what he wanted to do for so long versus what he knew he shouldn't. I agree because it definitely seems like in the movie he kind of turns to Sidious and like desperation at the time he's like i just killed somebody and there's no going back for me mm -hmm. and then two scenes later he's like the the jedi are the one who were evil like how that transformation happened yeah like because odds are anakin would have been like oh poor mace i just couldn't i just couldn't say he would have lied if he was still loyal to the jedi exactly. at that point even if he hated Mace, was loyal to the Jedi, it would have played out more like that. Exactly. So I think that it's like, all right, no, like, that felt right kind of thing. Like, getting rid of the Jedi feels right. So we have Palpatine say, you are still loyal to the Jedi. You need to eradicate that loyalty. And then we hear that moan and that groan of that Jedi that was lightning against the the wall, and then we would have Anakin be, I guess, the first and second murder of Order sixty six. Like, he killed Mace Windu to save Sidious. It wasn't the it wasn't the Order sixty six. It wasn't the eradication of the Jedi that would signify Anakin killing that man who was knocked against that wall. That would signify the first death in the Jedi Purge. Would be by Anakin's hand. Okay, I got it. I like kind it. Kind of kind of double down on that. It wasn't just Mace. It was Anakin. Killing in cold blood. Yeah, no, I like Jedi. It. Uh, so we execute Order sixty six, and he goes to the temple and kills Jedi. You have that slow, sad montage of the clones just eradicating the Jedi. We have Anakin, and that really visually beautiful scene of him walking up the the Jedi temple stairs with the clones behind him. Like that is just eye-gasmically beautiful. That scene makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> Murdering of children. <laughs> no, no, not that. No, but just scene. that that one visual. Walking I understand. Up. <laughs> I understand that one visual. That walking up gets you up. So we have Anakin go into the council room to find the younglings. We have got to keep that the same. I change it a little bit, and I'll let you, you know, reply. Okay. So we have Anakin go into the council chamber to the younglings, uh, but he tells his soldiers, "Hey, I have some over here." He makes his soldiers do it because there's still light in Anakin. There's still good in him at this point. But to make him kill children, I understand why Lucas did it to make Vader that evil bastard. But 
I just don't think Anakin would have gone that quickly. I think if we children. can add in a few more scenes with uh, Anakin doing dark side things, like maybe hunting down a couple more Jedi. Like chasing and running them down. Not even necessarily that, but like runs into some. Or some, I don't know. Just some way he's more he he's more anti-Jedi. Yeah. And getting to, I think we could get him to that point relatively quickly. But I, mm-hmm. I, do, I do agree with you. That is a little early. But I think that that is also something I could see Sidious off screen having said, you go do this. I want yeah. you to do this. To, yeah. sh- to prove your loyalty to me. Yeah. My, my next scene was uh, he kills the clone troopers that kills those Jedi, those younglings, to make it look like the, those younglings fought back. But I'm the one who, who you know, took, took control of the situation and murder those Jedi. Have them try to lie and fake it to Palpatine. That was kind of my idea, because it, I, we are on the same page. It's too early to kill kids, Annie. It just is. I, I, I think... Flip it. I think maybe he keeps the, the... He's ashamed of it, but he's still going to do it, so maybe he keeps the clone troopers outside. Yeah. Or he does it and then kills the clone troopers too to cover his tracks, kind of thing. Oh yeah, or just or if he does just straight up kill it, have a, a moment where of just again just crying, just an emotional breakdown. Like I actually feel guilt for what he's doing. Yeah, I think I think the sh- I, th- I like my idea of the shame. Mm-hmm. Like so, he leaves them outside, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, maybe like you show like like as like people are like somebody tries to walk in or something like that. Yeah, hate. I I feel like the original scene was kind of like that because, if I remember the shot right, it's kind of like Anakin turns his head down and he's like, forcing himself to look at these kids' eyes, to at least give them that courtesy before killing them. It's also the first because scene we see him with Sith eyes. Uh, he doesn't have yellow eyes. I in think that scene. he does. I don't think so. I think it's he gets it's, those yellow eyes after he kills all the senators on Mustafar. I. I don't think so. I think he has it before then. I think this is the. I think this is the first time we get the true Hayden, like Hayden Christensen look. Yeah. Um, say what you want about Hayden Christensen. I think he did fantastic, especially in this film because he delivered so many nonverbal body language things. Like uh, another great scene that we haven't talked about is right before the arrest of Palpatine. He's looking from the Jedi Council chamber to Padme's like bedroom. And they have that ambient music, and they're just looking out the window, and you know, like there's some sort of force bond going on there. And then uh, the look he gives right before that final conflict, where he goes, "This is the end for you, my master," to Obi Wan, and that look he gives Obi Wan is so intense. Like Hayden Christensen's a good actor, in my opinion. For Excellent. sure. No, I think I think that he, I think he's an okay actor, but I think he did really well in this part for what it was written. And I think if it had been written better, he would have killed it. Yeah. So, I would instead of having Obi Wan uh, be shot off, I guess, and fall into the water and miraculously survive, I would show Obi Wan's skill. I would have Obi Wan killing clone troopers to survive, and be, and maybe feeling a little bit of regret as he's doing it, and maybe he gets a premonition right before they they turn the blasters on him. Uh, I just I just feel like we can do better for Obi Wan than just having him survive some sort of fall into water. I agree. Also, rest in peace, lizard feather creature thing. Because when he kind of cried, that little screech, ugh, it gets me every time. No, that's fair. That was, that was a very like sad scene. Um, and you are correct. We don't quite get 
yellow eyes in that scene yet. I looked at it. You're correct. We don't quite get them, but we definitely get like the same look that he gives yeah. when he has yellow eyes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have Palp's speech um, where he goes, this like like you said, he just spins it. Look what the Jedi did to me. I I'm love sorry. that. We cannot change that scene. That is such no. an excellent scene and shows. I I keep going at it, but like shows. Just how manipulative he can be. They should have got this character to play a character in House of Cards. This actor yeah. to play a character in House of Cards. Excellent. Or get whoever wrote that scene to, like the. If George Lucas wrote those scenes, he wrote he he could he should write political dramas. Yeah, he would he would be very He'd good at it. Fucking kill it. Um, as long as it's not about trade deals for like an hour and a half. Um, so we have the palp speech. We have Padme and Organa being horrified um, because we have. Padme be a lot closer to Palpatine in our rewrites, as I as I realized when I was rewriting this one. I mean, it makes sense. They're from the same planet. Yeah, and we have them kind of be... Which is like being from the same town in, in, Star, in Wars. Star Wars, you know? Yeah, so have them just be absolutely horrified and, and reach out to whatever Jedi they can get um, with only Obi-Wan and Yoda responding. Even though I think it happens off-screen in my mind, but they reach out to Anakin and don't get a response. At first, I feel like Organa would do that and be like, "Hey, why isn't Skywalker answering?" I guess he died too. I don't think that uh, that Padme would like, or if she did, I don't think he would not answer. Yeah. So um, we continue on. Yoda, I like the Obi Wan and Yoda, you know, taking back the Jedi Council to get in there to see what exactly happened, finding the tapes of Anakin killing the Jedi. And you know, setting up your, your final fo- your final fight, have the same level of distress that Obi Wan felt going to Yoda. Like Obi Wan literally drops to a knee, one out of respect for Yoda, but two out of you can't tell me to kill my brother. You cannot or give me that order, please. Like take this cup from me, Jedi Jesus. You know, like he he doesn't want to do it, and that that's also a very powerful thing. Yeah, with a lot of subtext. For sure. Um, so Anakin and Padme reach out to each other. I think they have one more conversation, and they do in the film too before he goes off to Mustafar. Uh, so they reach out to each other, and Padme says, uh, Palpatine is just declared the end of the war. He said that the Jedi were evil, and the clones uh, you know, are taking care of that threat. Uh, I'm sorry, rather, Anakin says all those things. Like, Palpatine's ending the war. The Jedi are evil. Me and the clones are loyal. I'm loyal to the Senate. And have Padme be like, this isn't, this isn't you, Anakin, but hesitantly agree because she's kind of afraid of him in some sense. Like, he's, he's putting off this energy to where she would be wanting to be, like, not in the same room with him, be away from him. Okay, I think scared is a little bit too much, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know exactly what emotion to portray there, but to, to portray that sense of... Disgust. Yeah. She's disgusted with him. Yeah, but having having to hide that disgust from him so anakin leaves he says he'll be back soon and we have obi-wan shortly like the next day confront padme and being like i know you two were closer than the average friend kind of play that off like obi-wan is smart enough to know that yeah and have and honestly i think that anakin is stupid enough to where he slipped up yeah <laughs> like, yeah, like having a meeting in the broad daylight. Of the San that, or just building. like him talking to everyone. It's just like, yeah, so me and Padme were fucking. Wait. One <laughs> so we was fucking. Um, 
So, so we have Obi-Wan confront Padme, and I would have them both just spill. Spill everything. Yes, me and Anakin are married. Yes, these are his kids. Like, shit went, shit, like, shit happens. Because Padme trusts Obi-Wan as well, and Obi-Wan would equally be disgusted and afraid for Anakin. No, I agree. About what he's becoming. I agree, but, I, you know, that's something I never really thought about. What are people thinking about Padme just walking around pregnant? <laughs> they don't know who the dad is. We don't have time. We're only at two and a half hours to tell this movie. I know, but still, like, I'm just curious about, like, she's a political leader. That doesn't go over well, typically. Yeah, like, people would ask, hey, who you fucking? Exactly. And she'd yeah. be like, oh, nobody. <laughs> it's baby Jesus. I don't know. She would be like, I don't know, it's Akbar's kid. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I got so in the pool after Akbar. <laughs> So have something like that, man. Uh, but anyway, Obi-Wan and Palpatine spill to each other. Obi-Wan reveals, you know, hey, we a- we asked too much of Anakin. Like, kind of take responsibility in a sense. It's like, I think this happened. I think we asked him to get to Palpatine, but Palpatine was evil. Like, we delivered Anakin to him. And kind of take responsibility in a sense and have them agree, like, we're going to go after him. We're going to either put him down or get him back. So I wouldn't have Obi-Wan sneak onto the ship and, and go to Musafar secretly. I would have Obi-Wan... And Padme joined forces to stop Anakin because I think that's what it would actually be if you didn't pussyify Padme. Fair enough. So we have that scene of Anakin killing all the Separatists. We get those yellow eyes, those beautiful, terrifying Sith yellow eyes. Um, and we have Padme arrive. And Obi-Wan is waiting like just just out of sight ready to to be back up for Padme if Padme can't bring him bring him home. So Padme and Anakin have their little love talk. Like I don't know you anymore, please come home with me. Like I want you. I love you. I don't want to leave you. And have Anakin try to convince her that you know this is this is true. This is the right way to go and have Padme go he's lost. I'm going to have to put this down. So in the original concept art of Revenge of the Sith, I know we've had this conversation before, uh, they have Padme wrap her arms around Anakin and pull a knife on him in an attempt to slit his throat, only there she like loves him too much and just can't do it. I would just reverse it where Padme loves him and tries to convince him, realizes it's a lost hope, and tries to end what's going to become a tyrant, uh, one of the greatest evil forces in the universe. So I would have Anakin hug him, pull the knife out, and then go to stab him in the back, and then the knife stopped. Like, Anakin felt it in the force and stopped it. Anakin, in his anger, is, like, going to push her against the wall, like, hurt her back or something like that, or slam her down. And I wanted to do two things. I wanted to, one, get the pregnancy early, and two, be some sort of damage to where Padme dies in a few years, not because she's fucking sad. I mean, I think a few years is a bit much, but, like, some internal bleeding and stuff like that. Nope, we have to have a few years because there's a plot hole the prequels created. Okay. Uh, right before Luke confronts Vader for the final time in Jedi, he has a conversation with Leia, and he says, Do you remember your mother, your real mother? She goes, Only a little. Bitch, you were a day old when your mom died. You have to have that plot hole. You have to have Padme live a little bit with Leia, and I would have Padme 
lay the foundation work of the rebellion before she died of the injuries that Anakin gave her. Okay, maybe kind of send her off in like a hospital bed with Organa. Yeah. So like maybe, maybe, but then why would they get rid of Luke? Uh, that was probably the hardest part of my rewrite, trying to find a way to do it. And I think Lucas ran into the same. I think you can falling out. I think you can keep it to where they like where she dies. You just have to retcon it. I mean, he already retconned it, and you can you can logic it out thinking that she's like, "Do you remember your real mom only a little bit?" And he's because she was a Jedi and, and remembered her face or something like that. That or. That or she just doesn't know that that's not her real mom. Something I don't know. I, I tried to to write it to where that that plot hole doesn't come up, and that's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah, because there's no like there's no reason that you wouldn't so keep uh, both just, kids if you're gonna keep one of them. That's just yeah. So just to, just keep that in the back of your mind. Like we are doing this for the sake of the rewrite because that kind of plays into later because we have to separate the kids. And that's the last kind of big thing that we have to resolve in the end of the film. Yeah. So Obi-Wan stops Anakin before he can kill Padme because he's so angry at her. This is the final betrayal that makes him Darth Vader was Padme hitting him or trying to kill him. Now, I will say, though, I did really like the idea of her pulling the knife and him force stopping it. Yeah. I think that that's I think that 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 would be a powerful scene to watch. Yeah. I, I, and her, her crying and just being like, I'm sorry. As she goes to do it, and then he's like, stops it. Yeah, because you and that, that's Padme's character. We we wrote, or I wrote her character the way I think she would. And play I think it. that at that point, that's the time to show proper fear in her eyes. Yeah, and 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 that I think is the final snap that makes Anakin irredeemable until Luke shows up. Until literally, this thing that he was making with Padme comes to save him. Until his last. The last remaining piece of Padme is, yeah. Because at that point, that's that's it, man. Like, you know, the Jedi took me away from the, my mother who loves me. The Jedi were arrogant. The Jedi were wrong. Everything that I gave up with my mom got spat in my face. The life I tried to build with Padme just got spat in my face. All these pools make him fully Darth Vader. Um, there's only one last thing to do. One last betrayal. But he's already, at this point, I think he's already Vader. Let's have the Obi-Wan Anakin fight. Oh, at this point, he is 100% Vader. And well, you and I can talk about this fight scene for hours on end. It, because I think that Anakin is still there. And he's not fully Vader. He's majority Vader at this point. He's like 98%. I would say like solid... 90 10 to 80 20 to 90 10 okay because there's that one scene and it's choreographed just to make it look cool but if you really really look at it the way we do it's a scene where both anakin and obi-wan just spin their lightsabers behind their backs for like a solid two seconds when either one of them could have easily killed the other one in that second yeah because they they Oof. So Oof. so here here's the level of nerddom that Josh and I are. There have been we have both have lightsabers. Yep. And we fight with them on a regular basis. I I actually took fencing classes and stuff like that, so I have a little bit of knowledge on what I'm doing, and I've tried to teach Josh as much as I can. 
I'm not a very coordinated soul. It's true. He also has asthma, so he can't go for very long. <laughs> but, like, and that's the first rule of fighting with a sword or anything like that is the second that there's an opening, you take it. Yeah. And that was that was two seconds of an opening. So that was much more than what force augmented people needed to, to take out the other. Exactly. So I think that... I think I that, that both, both I think Anakin's Anakin struggling to kill Obi Wan, mm-hmm. but and Obi Wan does not want to kill Anakin, so they both kind of just are mimicking one another for quite a while. And I think that in the end, Obi Wan just pisses off Anakin enough. <laughs> yeah, and even even then, when Obi Wan gets the the fabled high ground, he goes, "Don't try it. Like, don't do this. I don't want to hurt you." And, and I think that that also kind of goes to uh, – I'm sure it's not written like this or anything like that, but it also kind of goes to Anakin's arrogance and his pride. That That's the moment that he truly snaps in my mind because that's when he goes to kill Obi-Wan. Yeah. And that's the moment he knows he's beat. And so he's like, you're not better than me. You always kind of thought you were better than me, but you're not better than me. I'm better than you, so I'm going to prove it in this moment. And then he got all of his limbs cut off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We, he got we turned into a nugget. A burnt nugget. Very, very burnt nugget. Very crispy. <laughs> Minus, of course, his metal hand. Yeah, so I've heard over the years people complaining about this fight, and I think you're just dead-ass wrong if you do, because people say it takes too long. Well, of course it's going to take that long. They've been trained. They they taught each other. Yeah. So much. No, there's no that that is exactly how long that fight would have lasted, especially if you subscribe to the idea that it starts off with neither of them trying to kill the other. Yeah. Oh I, man. I think that Anakin held out hope that he could convince Obi Wan, and Obi Wan held out hope he could convince Anakin. Yeah. Because that would have been. If we do like Elseworlds or fan fiction where Obi-Wan says, yeah, you're right, and joins up, that would have been a much more, I want to say, I don't want to say better or interesting, but a very compelling angle to go down as a, as a story writer. Palpatine wouldn't have stood a fucking chance. Against the two of them? Hell no. Hell no. Dark side Obi-Wan powering him up? Oh my God, no. But like his, he, so... Obi-Wan is defense, Anakin is offense. That's why they make such a good team. Yeah, that's why we're the poster boys of the Clone Wars. Exactly. They could not be beat. They they had it covered. Yeah. So, you are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Has to be there. Yeah. The, the, the rest of the movie plays out. As he's crawling like, his way out of the lava. Yeah. Just, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, man, and the I hate you and then the perma yellow eyes, which is such a small detail. If you if you don't understand, like, how the Sith degradation works, having it just hit all at once with him being – his body being so, destroyed by Obi-Wan and the Sith degradation hitting him is just – So for anybody so who doesn't, who's listening and doesn't know about that, the dark side of the Force takes a toll on your body. Uh, it's still unclear in the movies – yeah. Whether or not Sidious looks the way he does because of the dark side, or if it's because of the, of the, the, the lightning stuff like that, I think it's in the movies. It's pretty heavily hinted at that's because of the lightning. Yeah, but he was an ugly motherfucker according to the books because just how like the dark side fucks you up. You look as bad on the inside as you are 
I mean, as bad on the outside as you are on the inside. Yeah. An analogy that uh, me and Taft have given out to people over the years uh, as we talk about Star Wars to friends and, and family and to people who are willing to listen to us is that the light side is a nice wood fire, really well fed, not burning too hot, not burning too slow. It's really warm. It's, it's fire in the sense of on a, on a cold night with your friends. You just want to have a good time. But the dark side is a gas fire. It's a wildfire. It destroys completely and utterly and in a hurry. And that's the way you kind of have to look at the force as you look through the this thing is the light side is going to sustain me and bring me joy and happiness and, and longevity. But the dark side, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get it now. But there's going to be a price to pay for it. Exactly. You like, and it's interesting to look at because the light side, you people are servants of the light. And by being a servant of the light, they can use the light. Mm-hmm. And then the dark side, you use the dark side, but in using the dark side, you become the servant. For sure. It's very interesting. So let's wrap up this movie, man. The movie has to wrap up essentially the same way because we have to have Luke on Tatooine and Leia at Alderaan. So somehow, some way, we figure out a way to separate the kids with Leia going with Organa to Alderaan to start the rebellion and maybe having Yoda... Understanding the arrogance, understanding that there wait, was a wait. veil over his eyes, say no, we have to bring Luke are, to Tatooine. Are we having the fight between Yoda and Palpatine? Yes, that's always that's going on. Interco- like I keep the exact same. Okay, thing. I just want to make sure because you didn't mention it. Yeah, because that is an excellent scene, and it also shows like one how Yoda no longer has a lightsaber. Yeah, and two explains that it shows that Yoda is smart enough to flee. Yeah, it shows the humility that. It kind of symbolizes the humility of the of the light side and of the Jedi at that point mm-hmm. because they have to flee and he's willing to do that. Yeah, he, he's willing to, to fight another day, to live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. So we have the movie play out the same way. Uh, only I would actually, I don't know if Liam Neeson didn't want to come back for this, but we, when we have Obi-Wan going to Tatooine, I would have Yoda be there too to train him to communicate with Qui-Gon. Honestly, it might have just been they don't want Liam Neeson back because from everything I've heard, he's actually a humongous asshole. Maybe. Like, I could, like, I could be wrong, but from everything I've heard, he is just not very pleasant to work with. But he's an excellent Qui-Gon Jinn. So I would have Qui-Gon be there, and I would have them speak about the true Chosen One and maybe allude to maybe we were wrong. Maybe it was an Anakin. Clearly it was because he brought balance to the Force. But maybe him speak in terms of like, no, we are, there's, the light side is still have, has a fighting chance in Luke. Yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting that nobody ever put that together, like in that universe. Yeah. I think that that's it. I mean, it makes sense because I don't think Obi-Wan knows that Yoda, Yoda. Actually, no, he does because Yoda is the one who tells him about Qui-Gon Jinn. So never mind. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, stupid. I would, yeah. No, they so, should have put that together. They had plenty of years to think about that. Yeah, so I would have Obi-Wan uh, pronounce that he won't fail Qui-Gon again, and he agrees to train Luke, but I would have Qui-Gon go, we can't do it like we used to. You have to give him to his aunt and uncle. You have to have him live a normal life, knowing how to form proper connections and knowing how to bring, know the value of love and joy. That way, when he is trained to utilize these things, he won't fall into the dark side like Anakin did, like his father did. Have Qui-Gon explain why the Jedi were wrong and kind of wrap up your film. Like, he turned because of us, because we failed him to, to really humanize Vader. 
Because while Qui-Gon is having this discussion, I would have Vader being put in the suit. While Qui-Gon is explaining how we failed Anakin to make him okay. Vader. So idea of how to split the kids up and keep Leia alive. You mean uh, Padme? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Padme. Uh, we have her want to take both the kids, but Obi-Wan say that he'll be looking for them. He'll yeah. be looking for you. And the best way to keep them safe is to split them up. He's like, I can take, I can take one, and you can take the other. Yeah, and then and she would trust Obi Wan with that. She would hate it. She, she would, would despise it. But every that's second the only person in the world she would trust to do it. Yeah, and then that's where we bring Organa in, being like, I will adopt Leia. She will have my name, but you will be her mother. Yeah. To when when she does die, and the adoption's already kind of there, and Organa steps up as the father yeah. figure, and or both Organas, even though we never see. Uh, Mama Organa. Huh? Mama Organa. Yeah, we never see her, but we still say that, you know, we we gave Leia the best chance. And same with Luke. Yeah. So that's it. That's episode three. That is our prequel rewrite. Disney, if you reboot this shit, oh, you know who to come talk to. We're here waiting at any point. Yeah, Disney, and I know you got eyes and ears everywhere, so like so, I know you're listening. Exactly, to this. you have you listen on in on more stuff than the NSA. So for sure. Also, this, what up, FBI agent listening to us? Hey, brother Steve. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Tell your friends. All right, thank y'all so much. This has been our prequel rewrites. We hope to be back rewriting the sequel trilogy, maybe fixing some of those things as well. But we're gonna take a little break from Star Wars for a little bit and come at you with some new stuff. For sure. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, please hit us up on any social media that we have out. We are about to set up our Twitter. I know I've said that in the past three episodes. But but that's it, it should be up now by the time this is released. We got our logos finished. Exactly. Uh, shout out to our friend Donna for hooking us up with that. Yeah, but we did record like these last three episodes in like three days. So it's a, that's why it hasn't been set up yet according to this episode. But it should be up. Uh, and hopefully you can tell your friends about us and give us a five-star review on the iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast. Uh, it's not for our egos or anything like that. We just want to get out there. We want to spread and make a nerd community not only for ourselves but for all of you guys. I mean, hopefully if we can get large enough, we can set up a Discord of some sort. Yep. And uh, just talk to hang you out there. You guys can talk to us. Tell us what you would like to hear. Uh, tweet at us what you would like to hear and put those in your reviews. Uh, so... Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Catch y'all next time. Bye-bye.